Welcome to Geek Vibes Live. Michael Rosenbaum, uh, Lex Luthor from Smallville, The Flash, and the Justice League, and you're listening to Geek Vibes Live. Hey, everyone out there. This is your pal, Dane, and we have another enticing interview with Geek Vibes Live. I hope you guys had a wonderful Halloween. Had a lot of fun this last weekend. Uh, Went out, did some uh, partying, if you will, and uh, now it's time to take things a little more serious and uh, start with a little bit of an interview. Uh, how's that sound, Rick? Does that sound good? Give me a wubba-lubba-dub-dub. Wubba-lubba-dub-dub! <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, in that case, let me introduce our guest. Our guest tonight is Daniel Weber. He's an Australian actor best known for playing Lee Harvey Oswald in the American science fiction thriller miniseries 112263 on Hulu, and also portrays Lewis Walcott, a young veteran struggling with his new life as a civilian on the upcoming Netflix show The Punisher. Thank you so much, Daniel, for being a part of the show tonight. How are you doing, good sir? Hey, hey, good, man. Yourself? Doing wonderful. Um, so I know you're you're from Australia. Are you still over here doing stuff for Punisher and stuff, or are you back over in Australia right now? Yes, indeed. I'm still here. Uh, I mean, I, I live in Los Angeles these days. Uh, we just had a, a premiere last night, uh, sorry, not last night, on Monday night for, for a film I did called Thumper. So that, there for, there in LA for that uh, Monday, and then we've got our premiere coming out very soon. Absolutely, that's awesome. Could you name that film again? I want everyone over in Geek Five Nation to hear this so they go and see it. Oh, yeah, check it out. It's, uh, it's a really great film. It's got Lena Headey in it. Pablo Schreiber Love. and uh, uh, and Eliza Taylor called Thumper to like I don't know the rabbit <laughs> T, you know T H U M P E R Thumper like the rabbit from uh, Bambi right Yeah but definitely not like Bambi it's a very <laughs> you know, it's a very dark and gritty story it's fantastic Well let's go into that a little bit What's it like working with You've worked with a lot of talents, but uh, you just named two of my favorite actors right now, Lee Schreiber and Lena Headey. Uh, what was it like working with them on set? Um, it was, uh, I didn't get to work with Lena. She's, uh, she plays a cop in it, and I'm a young young kid in high school selling drugs. Uh, so our storylines don't actually meet exactly. However, and it wasn't, sorry, not, not, uh, not, not Lee Schreiber. I think his brother, to be honest, um, Pablo. Schreiber, he's okay. like orange and okay. black, and he's doing the new Ryan Gosling film. He's, he's killer. He plays a a cook, a methamphetamine cook, and uh, basically, in in, in that uh, sort of Charles Dickens way, he sort of leads these young teens into the life of crime. And a young girl comes into this into school and gets involved in their group and. So she she comes in and sort of upsets the whole whole organization. It's uh yeah, it's a pretty pretty dark, awesome story. He was you know, he's a he's a two of the force. He plays a very very full on character. Uh you should check out the trailer. It's uh he you you'll you'll see it. It's uh it's 
Salon. That's really good, though. Well, Geek Vibes Nation, I'm going to be putting that trailer as soon as I got off the phone with this gentleman. So we'll definitely have to check out that movie. I love the premise from what it sounds like. It's almost like a uh, a darker, uh, like Breaking Bad type of concept, obviously. Um, uh, but, yeah, you know, some, right. somewhat, a, somewhat of a crime drama. Um, can you tell me about your character in that? Yeah, yeah. So I play a young guy called Beaver, and he is... Uh, a very poor kid uh, living in a very poor neighborhood. He needs sort of a way to, to make a living and to help his family, you know, support themselves by selling drugs. Um, and it's it's his journey, him him and another woman's journey, sort of of, of trying to get out of this this lifestyle. Um, you know, the drug the drug once you get into selling drugs, it's uh, it's not very easy to get out of and potentially deadly for you and your family. So it sort of walks that line. Um, he's, a really, he's a really sweet, awesome character. Like uh, I, I really loved playing Beer because he was just a, a good kid, really trying to do good things, uh, but was working in a, with, with, with not a lot, essentially. Absolutely. It definitely seems like a very meaty role. Um, to play, I mean, very, very tragic in a way, too, uh, of the concept of having to yeah. help out and provide, um, but knowing you're doing the wrong thing, obviously, when you're good at heart um, and getting swept up in yeah. all that. But the funny thing is, you're actually, correct me if I'm wrong, you're 29, right? I am, yeah. Playing a high schooler. Yeah. You do look extremely young, but you're actually three years younger than me, and I found that pretty crazy, because when I first saw you, I was like, I thought that you were, you know, around that age, but... uh that's also good for you for roles because you can play both, you know, someone actually around your age or someone a little bit younger too. Yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been it's been funny because I I've been working for a while, but uh, it's taken quite a long time for my baby face to catch up um, into the place where people actually want to look at it. <laughs> so, now it's an hey, there's nice place right now. Huh? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that though, Daniel. I mean. If you got a baby face, keep it up. I would just go with that. I have an old man's face, and I'm 32, so <laughs> I've got gray hairs and everything. So, you know, it it yeah, it, it, I'm, it is I'm what it is. On them. You definitely, yeah, yeah. You, you, it's, you, it's, it's been great because I think you know, you, I think if I was, if if I was 17 trying to play this role, I don't think I would have had anywhere near the understanding that I have as far as character and story and script goes. And so. Yes. You know, it, it, I, I think you end up with a much more layered performance um, and a deeper, and for me personally, more interesting performance, uh, just being older, Absolutely. just from having that sort of space. Absolutely. No, I completely agree with you. And, I mean, it could be worse. You could be Tobey Maguire in your, uh, you know, mid-30s playing an 18-year-old in Spider-Man. So, uh, at least it's not really that bad. <laughs> You're not that much of a baby face. Um, but uh, no, let's get no, out of no. that. And we'll go into a, a role from a series that you did um, where you played Lee Harvey Oswald on 11-22-63. I was a huge fan of that, man. You did a great job in it. Um, what was it like to be part of that camaraderie between James Franco and, and Chris Cooper and, and, you know, the fact that uh, I don't know if you interacted with Abrams, but he was a producer and, and it was a Stephen King yeah, yeah. story. Like, yeah, we what did. was it like? Especially being Australian, and maybe I'm not saying that you didn't know about the whole JFK uh, assassination conspiracy, but 
us Americans are obsessed with it. Uh, what was it like being, playing yeah, that character yeah. of Lee Harvey Oswald? I mean, so thank you for the question. I, it was that role and that job and all of those people, you know, JJ, um, Franco, uh, everybody, everybody on that was absolutely fantastic. It, was, it, those, it's a, it ticks every box personally as far as it's an extraordinary role, a fascinating character, um, brilliant team behind it, well-written, good actors. It, it was like the dream dream role somehow just landed in my lap by fortune and, you know, a bit of hard work, but uh, a lot of fortune and luck. Um, work, I, I didn't know a huge amount about Lee initially. I mean, I... Ironically, I did I did a performance of Lee uh, from Assassins in high school. Just, but it was you know it was just a high school thing, so I didn't really know. I didn't I didn't really do my research at all as far as him. It was more more a bit of fun, um, but it was fascinating, you know, diving in and learning about this man. Like he's, he's a figure that you grew up hearing about, but you know we we're not really you know it's not American history for us Australian history for us, so we don't. You don't get really don't really get taught it. So um, there was a lot of reading that I went into, a lot of watching of interviews and you know newscasts and newspapers and all the rest of it from back then. So I don't know. It was pretty. It was pretty amazing. Um, and he's just such a interesting guy, physically, like how he talks, um, and obviously what he did is like. And I'm not just talking about um, shooting. Kennedy, but his, his whole life journey is a really fascinating journey, and it's a story unto itself um, that could be told. I mean, it, it's it's a really it's a bit of a saga. So I don't know if that answers your yeah, question. <laughs> no, no, you definitely did. Um, I mean, that's the thing. It's like I've never been one with conspiracies, no matter where it comes from, American or uh, just elsewhere. Um, like I believe we landed on the moon and all that type of stuff. It, it gets a little ridiculous, but the JFK yeah. thing, for some reason, has always struck a nerve with me. On it's probably because I saw the Oliver Stone movie, um, and that definitely contributed uh-huh. towards my fascination with the subject. Did you at, at all watch that movie? And not not saying it's you know completely historically accurate, but just because it's a it's a very well known um, version of the story. Did you yeah. check out that movie at all? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I watched that and uh, basically everything that I could only. Uh, I mean, it's the, yeah, you're right. Like that story is, it says it all about the conspiracies, um, and our story didn't really dive into them so much. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. So it was, I, I don't know. And I could have just released all the documents and whatnot. And it, it is interesting to. I'm, I'm curious to see what they find out, but I think it's going to be a lot of undoing of conspiracy theories, really, to be honest. Well, with the documents that did uh, come out, of course, 30 of them were seized, so we couldn't see them. But it basically made it yeah, look very yeah. much like um, there were was a lot of meddling, uh, basically, uh, within, you know, Jack Ruby's death and, and, and uh, obviously Lee Harvey Oswald. But just a, just a fascinating concept. Um, but, you yeah, know... I mean, uh, Interesting thing, like you know, there was death threats put out to Lee, which I, did, I hadn't, you know, didn't know before. Um, I'm curious to see what else they find. Um, and I, yeah, like you said, they're still holding a whole bunch. So 
I guess I guess that gets people. I mean, that's why it's been a 50-year sort of enigma. You know, we've got the withholding of information for 50 years, and people just keep questioning, keep challenging. You know, what was there? So. Absolutely. And I mean, I don't think, unfortunately, I don't think we're ever going to find out the truth. Um, I don't think that even if it's, you know, I don't want to go into the whole government killed uh, JFK, but there's a lot of stuff that's been diluted with mm-hmm. the whole entire documentation. So we won't probably Sorry. find out, even if it's something like us allowing Cuba to be involved with that or, you know, us screwing up. They're not going to want us to know about that information, but still a fascinating time period. And it, created such an amazing series that you were able to be a part of with, with James Franco. What's yeah. he like on set and off set? Um, well, you've seen the show, so our stories sort of don't actually intersect too much. We, we're sort of uh, parallel stories. We sort of mirror for each other. Um, I, he's absolutely fantastic and lovely to me. Uh, when I did meet him, we had read-throughs, and I see him every so often, but uh, like I said, mostly I didn't get to have many scenes with him. My final scenes with him were, you know, fantastic. He's he's so present, and I don't I don't understand how he's just instantly always there and sort of ready. It's it's quite an extraordinary skill that he's got. Absolutely, I'm looking forward to his new movie coming out, The Disaster Artist, uh, because I'm kind of obsessed yeah. as myself as a film geek of Tommy Wiseau's. Uh, the room, and I love that him and his brother are diving into that concept. It's just, I, obviously, they're going to have a better movie than the movie that they're basing it off of, but he's a very yeah. creative force. I've always said, and maybe this would uh, go in, you know, maybe you would agree from from knowing him and also probably being a fan of his acting, but I think that he should play yeah. the Joker in Martin Scorsese's produced movie, that origin story that he's doing. I mean, I think that you should play him, but I'm just saying James Franco also would be cool. <laughs> that's what I meant to say. He'd, he'd do a great job. I mean, I think the best... I'm so sorry, I was just thinking about how, how do I know James and probably the, the best time... The, the time where I got to spend the most amount of time with him uh, was when he was... Because he directed one of our episodes. So I got to actually work with him creatively and that was a very good process. I mean, he, coming from as an actor, he, uh, you know, you speak the same language. And it, was, it was really... It was great to work with him, um, and I think he did a very good job. Direct, like he's, it's, like you said, he's a creative force. He was leading the show and directing the show, and I think, I think he was producing it as well. So, as well as whatever else he's doing on the side, he's a, he's a busy guy. It's kind of incredible. Well, you know, and not only that, I'm sure that he is a good director because it seems like. You know, directors are obviously amazing by themselves, like your Nolans and, and, and even Abrams, too, you know, a different style of director. Uh, but actors that become directors, uh, like your Ben Afflecks uh, and, and also James Franco, it's like, like you said, I was, uh, I was in theater in high school. I also uh, attended, I was a honor thespian. I went and uh, did theater in college and stuff like that. It, it's, when you witness someone direct a, a play even, um, but also with movies that knows the acting much more personally. They seem to be able to get in your head and tell you how to do things in a very much more personal sort of way. So I could definitely see him being yeah, a yeah, director, yeah. especially on set. Um, but uh, let's yeah, talk about... Um, it's very, very, very relaxing. <laughs> absolutely. You know, um, you, you feel like he can communicate with you a lot better, obviously. Uh, because he knows what you would be needing to know 
Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a language that everyone speaks, uh, you know, between acting. I mean, I'm sure sports has a certain language between it. You know, it's just a way that you can phrase yeah. something to relate to someone. Yeah. Um, yeah, you had that short. But, uh, but uh, let's let's go into your role as uh, Lewis Walcott on um, The Punisher. Obviously, you can't tell us that much yep. information, which is completely understandable. I am extremely looking forward to yep. the show coming out. But the little amount of information you can give me, just give me a rundown on the character himself. Okay, so I, at the start of the, the series, you're going to meet a young man who is has just come back from uh, being overseas, doing a tour, um, and is trying to re, you know, adapt back into civilian life. Um, and he's, he's coming back with you know, the, the scars and the traumas of what he's experienced and what he's seen over there. Uh, and really struggling to find that sense of purpose, um, feeling validated, feeling useful, feeling needed, feeling understood in this world. Um, that's that's who the audience is going to meet straight off the bat. Um, so he, he's a pretty conflicted man from the, the, the top of this series. I'm assuming... Um... I have I have friends and family members that were in the military. I'm assuming that he's probably going through PTSD. Um, is that true? Yeah, he is. He is. Um, and in, in some ways, that's uh, part of what the story is trying to, you know, have yeah. a conversation about. Uh, did you have to do a lot of research about or meet any people that were in the military to get like a better grasp on people that have PTSD? Yeah, um, I didn't meet anybody with, I mean, I guess, you know, who knows? I mean, I, I spent time with, with soldiers. I've got some, you know, dear friends now who I would, you know, one day would share their stories and we would open up, you know, that communication about the character and about his situation and their thoughts on militarily how he would conduct himself, emotionally where he was. Um, so we, I got to have a very... Ground, I, I don't know, a true uh, understanding of, of where he, this guy was coming from. Because it is a very, you know, it's a headspace in a place that uh, civilians, we don't, we don't understand. Um, and it's, well, it's very hard to understand. And um, so th- their, their stories and their, their experiences and their, their um, sort of guidance, I think, helped shape this in many ways. And then also, I did, I did my own research outside of that. There's some fantastic book. Sebastian Jung has got one called Tribe, which if you haven't, haven't read it, it's, it's a, a fascinating uh, read on post-traumatic stress and, uh, you know, how, how we've lost that tribe, tribal way of dealing with it and how society is. hasn't found a coping mechanism with this just yet. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of research, a lot of, I mean, I don't know how many documentaries I watched on on war and, you know, being a soldier, uh, all, all of that stuff sort of just adds to the fabric of the guy and the textures, you know, in, in his sort of journey. Absolutely. And, I mean, it must be rough to have to witness all that information, but, at, it, you know, it must have helped out a lot with the character himself. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's actually like, it's such a treat. The thing is, I don't think when you when you take on a role, you're you're opening up a world for yourself. You're opening up so many 
new avenues of thought, of of ways of being, of living, of jobs, of life experiences that, you know, we've never read any book. You know, you're opening up a new world to yourself. And so I, I personally, the research aspect of, of acting and learning about the character and the world they exist in is really one of my favorite elements for doing this job. Absolutely. I'm a big uh, advocate for um, people understanding more about mental health and PTSD obviously is a huge factor in all that. Yeah. Um, especially yeah. with our military, when they come home, it's, they have, it's, it's very hard for them to adapt to, to civilian life and they can play, you know, a, a good face a lot of times, but it's still there and it's kind of forced just to be dormant until it, you know, really messes you up basically. And it's a, fascinating concept that the Punisher, even though, you know, people want to say what they want about comic characters and stuff like that, he is still, you know, that type of victim Um, for many ways with him being uh, originally with the character being a part of the Vietnam War and then witnessing his family get murdered. So a lot of his angst and his anger all comes from that, stems from that. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing somewhat of a discussion on that. But Tell me about John Bernthal. What was oh, and being so sorry, like? we have time for one last question. Oh, oh just okay. one last question? Yeah, definitely. We can do that. Okay, well, Daniel, I guess this is a good one last question to kind of go out on. What was it like working with uh, John on set, uh, especially how intense he gets as a role of uh, Frank Castle? Uh, <laughs> it gets intense. It was, uh, <laughs> man, it's, it's, a, it's just a dream. It's so great. You know, I... John's doing something really fantastic in this show. Uh, I think it's it's a, it's a character that he was very ready to play, that he's very good at playing, um, being on set and working directly with him and watching his his performance behind the split. Um, I was surprised at how much of a fan I became. You know, I I, I wasn't I was didn't anticipate myself being as impressed or uh, excited for this show as I am. You know. Absolutely. Well, we look forward to watching the show, and I look forward to seeing you. And if you could do us a huge favor and maybe come on after the show premieres and we could talk more about The Punisher and your role specifically. Yeah, man, reach out. That'd be, that'd be great. Absolutely. Geek Guys Nation will definitely reach out. Thank you so much, Daniel. And uh, have a wonderful night, man. I know that you're a busy dude. Awesome, awesome bud. Yeah, you too. All right. Thanks, buddy. All right, guys, and that was our interview with Daniel Weber. Uh, like I said, he played Lee Harvey Oswald in 11-22-63. If you haven't seen that, definitely check it out. It's a great series on Hulu about the – it's a, a time-traveling story about changing the JFK assassination, just wonderful stuff. He's also in Thumper, like you said, with Lena Headey. Uh, sounds like an amazing movie, uh, much more of a darker crime-driven indie flick, but still great nonetheless. And, uh, of course, he's going to be playing Lewis Walcott and The Punisher. And we will have Daniel back on um, once, you know, uh, The Punisher's done. And we can talk to him a little bit more about that. But uh, great interview. I uh, wish we could have talked to him for a little bit longer. But, obviously, the man's busy, and that's Hollywood. So, thank you guys again. Uh, Rick, how do you think I did with the whole interview? Give me a wubba lubba dub dub if I was good. All right, screw you. Give me a wubba lubba dub dub anyways. Whoa, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. 
stuff I have to deal with. Anyways, you guys have a great night in Geek Buys Nation, and keep on checking out our stuff over on Facebook. Be a part of the conversation. Let us know how you guys like things. Um, also on Twitter and Instagram, check us out there. Uh, let us know what you like. We've got all that type of stuff coming up. we got some great shows this week, including Geek TV on Friday, and then our wonderful show of Geek Vibes Live on Sunday. And uh, also check out Wrestling Geeks Alliance. It's on Thursday nights now. And, of course, Full Court Press on Wednesday nights. So you guys have a good one out there in Geek Vibes Nation. And do your thing. I don't know. I, I didn't really have an exiting strategy. So uh, peace out, motherfuckers. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.